You are listening to the Grace Church of Baptist podcast. This week's sermon by Pastor Adam Copenhaver covers 1 Corinthians 7, verses 17 through 40. Thanks for listening. Thank you for reading our text, Cole. I wonder this morning if you have ever felt stuck in life. If you've ever had a situation in life where things are not the way you want them to be and you feel powerless to change it. Or maybe in other times or circumstances, you've had some options in life to choose your circumstances, but you don't know which circumstance to choose in life. And in this passage, 1 Corinthians 7, Paul is going to speak to these kinds of challenges that we face in life as Christians. You may remember from last week, we started in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, we did kind of, well, a little less than half of the chapter last week, the first 16 verses last week. And we saw last week that this chapter is primarily about marriage. It's an important chapter in the Bible in that it's the longest chapter in the Bible that speaks directly to the topic of marriage. And so last week we saw in the first part of this chapter how the Apostle Paul lays out here that marriage is good, that those who are married should work to have healthy Uh, marriages, including a healthy sexual relationship in their marriage. We saw that marriage is designed by God to be permanent, where we don't get divorced. But then Paul also gave some caveats to that. And then he also threw in that singleness is good or even better in Paul's opinion. So lots of things all jumbled together in the first part of chapter 7. As we continue in chapter 7 today, we have a pretty long section of scripture in front of us to, to work through a little bit. And in this passage, Paul focuses in primarily on single people who are interested in getting married, maybe even engaged to be married, but they're not yet married. And he weighs in this passage whether it's a good thing for them to get married or not to get married. What should a Christian do in that situation? Now, that's a very particular, very narrow set of circumstances. And so perhaps today for you, that set of circumstances applies directly to you. You're single, you're thinking about getting married, maybe you're even engaged to be married, and you're weighing these exact kinds of things Paul weighs. But I think we'll also see as we work through this passage that the arguments Paul gives and the way that he works through this issue has much broader application to other circumstances in life. And along the way, Paul shows us that we can honor Christ in any circumstance in life, even in those circumstances that frustrate us, that seem to make it hard to follow Christ. We can honor Christ in those circumstances. And he shows us that when we have the opportunity to choose our circumstances, we should choose carefully those circumstances that best allow us to follow Jesus with undivided devotion. Okay, so that's where Paul is going in this passage. So there's, again, very narrowly speaking about singleness and marriage and those issues, but also with very broad relevance and application to other circumstances too. So here's our outline for today as we work through this passage. First, serving the Lord within your circumstances in verses 17 through 24, how we can honor Christ no matter what our circumstances are. Second, being undivided in our devotion to the Lord And then third, we'll talk about honoring the Lord 
in whatever we do, whatever we decide in these situations. So first, serving the Lord within your circumstances. Now we're focused on verses 17 through 24. If you have your Bible open, that might be helpful to you as we talk about these verses. And again, in the, out, in the bulletin, the outline's there if you want to jot down some notes or follow along too. We're jumping in the middle of the chapter, verse 17. Again, Paul's been talking about marriage and singleness and whether or not a single person should get married now becomes his topic. But before he gets into that, Paul in, verse, in these verses, 17 through 24, gives kind of a broader picture of Christians and our circumstances. So here's what he says in verse 17. Look at verse 17. He says, only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. This is my rule in all the churches. This is my broad rule, Paul says, broad principle, that each of us should live out our Christian life, our Christian faith, within the situation the Lord assigned to us. And he says more or less the same thing again a little later in verse 20, when he says in verse 20, each one should remain in the condition in which he was called. So Paul is saying here, when, when God called you to faith in Christ, all of us came to faith in Christ within some kind of life situation and circumstances. And he's saying here, we don't necessarily need to change all of our circumstances in life in order to follow Jesus. But God knew what he was doing when he called us. We can follow Jesus, honor him within our life situation, our circumstances. What does Paul mean? He gives two examples here in verses 17 through 24. First, he gives the example of circumcision. In verse 18, what if you were circumcised when you were called? So be it, Paul says, don't try to change. What if you're not circumcised? So be it, don't try to change. Why? It doesn't matter, Paul says, whether you're circumcised or not. You can follow Jesus either way. This kind of goes along with what we talked about in Cultivate just this past Wednesday, if you were here, at least in the adult class and in the youth group, we were in Acts chapter 15, and we saw in Acts chapter 15 that in the early church, some Christians were having a, a debate about what to do with circumcision, and some Christians, especially the Jewish Christians, were saying, well, the Old Testament says to do it, we should do it. Other Christians saying, no, it's not necessary for following Christ, and Paul says, here's the answer, it doesn't matter at all. You can follow Jesus either way without limitation, so don't worry about making a change. In the case of circumcision, it doesn't matter. It makes no difference. Follow Jesus in either circumstance. And sometimes we find ourselves in circumstances where it truly doesn't make any difference in our ability to follow Christ. And so don't worry about it, Paul says. Then Paul gives a second illustration, and now he points to slaves. What if, he says in verse 21, you were a bond servant or a slave when God called you to faith in Christ and you were saved? You know, being a slave, that, that can really make it hard to follow Jesus, especially if your master is not a Christian. And many slaves in Paul's day had very little power to control their own lives, to change their status, to no longer be a slave. You don't just wake up and say, well, I'm a Christian now, so sorry, master, I'm not a slave anymore. 
In fact, we have a historical record, a contract from Paul's day that archaeologists have found this. It's a contract for one slave, a female slave at that time. This is just an example of what a life as a slave would have looked like. This slave, her master, contracted her out during the day to work as a weaver. Okay, so she would weave all day. Then at night, she was required to bake bread at night. And so she's working by day and night. And in her contract, she was allotted eight days off work per year. That's eight total days. So she was working a schedule, day and night shifts, 45 days on, one day off. 45 on, one day off. And now you can imagine, what if she, this slave, became a Christian? How frustrating for her that her circumstance, her situation in life as a slave, would make it hard for her to do so many of the things Christians ought to do. How do you gather for worship and discipleship with other believers every Sunday when you work every Sunday? How do you learn how to read and learn to read scripture when you're working like this? How do you show hospitality to others like we're commanded to do as Christians? How do you have something to give to others in need when you have nothing to your name as a slave? And you can imagine this can be really frustrating for the slave and upsetting. How am I supposed to follow Jesus when this is my situation in life? Or maybe even you could push it further. Why would God call me to follow Jesus and leave me stuck in these circumstances? Paul says something profound in verse 21. Verse 21, were you a slave when you were called? Don't be concerned about it. Don't worry about it, Paul says. Don't sweat it that you're in this situation, that you're powerless to change. Well, Paul says, of course, if you get the opportunity to gain your freedom, well, by all means, yes, take your freedom. But in the meantime, Paul says in verse 22, if you were called in the Lord as a slave, you're now a freed man of the Lord, even if you're still a slave in this world. You can still serve the Lord Jesus even while you work as a slave. You can honor the Lord in your heart as you work as a slave. You can honor the Lord with your integrity, with your work ethic, with your attitude, with how you love others. So honor the Lord within your circumstance, Paul says, even if you're powerless to change it and you're a slave. And thus in verse 24, Paul says, So brothers, in whatever condition each was called, there let him remain with God. Honor God right where you are, within whatever circumstances you're in. Even if, and perhaps especially if and when, you're stuck in a situation you can't change. Now you can see how this can have such broad relevance to some of our situations in life. And what Paul's going to talk about here, what if I'm single and I want to change my circumstances and I want to be married, but there's no mate to be found. And I can't seem to make the change. How am I supposed to follow Christ? Honor Christ 
In your singleness, Paul would say, what if I'm sick? I have a chronic illness and it's just not getting better. It feels like if I was healthier, then I could really follow and serve Jesus, but look at how limited I am by my illness. I'm stuck in my job. I work long hours for low pay. I can barely pay my bills. I don't have the time I wish I had to serve Jesus. I don't have the money I wish I had to give to others, to help people in need, to support the church and those sorts of things. I can't just snap my fingers and have more time or have more money. I'm too old. I no longer have the energy I once had. And as far as I know, good luck changing that circumstance in your life. You can't reverse the clock and be young again. I have young kids. They demand a lot of my time and energy. I have aging relatives. I'm bound by their needs and the care they require. I have a farm, and there are seasons when it takes every waking moment from me. I can't read. How am I supposed to read the Bible and go to Bible studies? We could go on and on with these kinds of circumstances that feel so restrictive to us. And we can't change these circumstances many times. The Lord has assigned them to us in the language of the Apostle Paul. He's put us in these situations and he's called us to follow Jesus. And so this is the good news of this passage, that God knew and knows what he's doing. And his call upon you and upon me when we're in these situations where we're powerless to change them, his call is that we would honor Jesus within the situation. And the good news is that we can do that. We can fully honor the Lord Jesus regardless of the circumstances we are in. We don't have to change them. He can be fully honored by us in how we live and honor and follow him within the circumstances. So the question then becomes not how do I change my circumstances, how do I honor him within my circumstances? And he's glorified, he's honored when we're faithful to him in difficult situations. Okay, so honoring the Lord Jesus within our circumstances, that's Paul's point here. But then Paul does also say, hey, if you get the opportunity to make the change to your circumstances, if you can change your situation in such a way that you're more free to serve the Lord, by all means, do that. And so that raises another question that will take us into our second point now. What about those times in life when we do have control over our circumstances? What about those times when I can choose which situation in life I will put myself in? How do we decide what we should choose? And now we come to our second point, being undivided in your devotion to the Lord. And now we're looking at verses 25 through 35. So verse 25, Paul goes back to talking about marriage. And in verse 25, you can see he specifically addresses what are called the betrothed. The betrothed, there's a fun word for us, betrothed. And this is a person who is at the right age to get married, but has never been married before, and in the, in, the, in the underlying Greek, at least, doesn't necessarily mean, but likely means that they are engaged. There's, there's someone out there they've got their eye on, and they're, they're working toward marrying 
this person. So here you have a situation now where this person is single, but they have a certain amount of freedom now to decide, will I stay single or will I get married? I have options in front of me. What am I going to choose? And so Paul now is going to work through kind of some, some logical reasoning of weighing the pros and the cons and what, what ought a person to do in such a situation. So in verse 25, Paul says, I have no command from the Lord. Now, he's not saying I have nothing to say about this. He's saying the Lord Jesus himself never spoke directly about this topic, so I can't quote Jesus on this. And he, if you remember earlier in the chapter, he did quote the Lord Jesus' teaching. Paul says, now I can't quote Jesus, but you know, I think I've got some things to say, and it turns out I'm inspired by God. It's in the Bible, so here it is. Okay, so, but he's, he also lays out as he works through this that there's not an absolute right or wrong here. A couple times along the way, Paul, Paul will say, it's not sin should you choose to get married. And it's not sin should you choose not to get married. It's not about sin versus not sin. It's about a wisdom call, a judgment call, what's going to be better. And his main point will come at the end of this section in verse 35. In verse 35 of the end, when Paul says, I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order. And then here's the important phrase in the end of verse 35, and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. This is Paul's overarching goal here. You're weighing what situation or circumstance to choose. Paul says, here's what I'm concerned about. What will lead you to having undivided devotion to the Lord? That's the situation or circumstance you ought to choose. So that's where Paul's going. So here's how this works in these verses, if we, if we work through them. And it's a long section here, so we'll kind of just breeze over it a little quickly here. But in verse 26, Paul points to what he calls the present distress. He says in verse 26, I think that in view of the present distress, it is good for a person to remain as he is. And then verse 27, if you're married, stay married. Paul's already said that, you stay married. If you're not married, stay not married. Good to just stay the course, he says, in view of the present distress. And then in verse 28, he says, it's not a command, it's not sin, which way you choose. But in the end of verse 28, he says, yet those who marry will have worldly troubles, and I will spare you that. And so Paul's saying, I'm looking around at, at the world around me right now, the present time, Paul's present time in his day, he said, I'm observing the distress and the troubles of the world. Life is hard and especially hard for those who follow Christ, Paul is observing. And, and the troubles in, in our day, Paul is saying at that time, can make it especially hard for a married Christian to follow Christ. Now, what kind of troubles is Paul talking about? We can only kind of speculate or give some educated guesses. If you remember, Paul himself had been in Corinth prior to writing this letter. He helped start the church there. That's in the book of Acts. When Paul was in Corinth, we're told in the book of Acts that he preached the gospel there, but he faced strong opposition in Corinth. 
and he was eventually put on trial in that city. He was driven out of the city. So he had experienced hardship in Corinth. In years following this letter, there would be times of persecution for Christians where Christians were arrested and pressured to, to forsake, to curse the name of Jesus. And you can imagine how this kind of scenario plays out where it's one thing to threaten a Christian this way. It's another thing to bring in a Christian's spouse and threaten their spouse. If you don't reject Jesus, I'll hurt your spouse. I'll hurt your children. Eventually, not just a Christian man, but a Christian man's family could be fed to the lions, could be tortured, could be abused. And so Paul is saying, you know, when it comes to times of distress in the world, when it's really hard to follow Christ, marriage comes with its own set of troubles and hardships. And I would spare you that, Paul says. Because again, what does Paul want? Your undivided devotion to the Lord. So that's at least how Paul starts off in his logic. Then in verse 29, Paul adds to it, not just the present distress, the world and its complications. In verse 29, he says, this is what I mean, brothers. The appointed time has grown very short. And now Paul adds a sense of urgency. We may not have much time left, Paul says. Jesus could return at any moment, and that's the end of our opportunity to serve him in this life. How many of us know how many days we have left in front of us? Our own lives could end at any moment. The time is short, Paul says. Live as if today is the day to follow Jesus with all of your heart. Live like Jesus is all that matters right now, today. And then Paul gives several examples. In verse 29, from now on, let those who have wives live as though they had none. That's the verse I've been waiting for, right? There it is. Finally, I get to ignore my wife and I have a command from the Bible to do it. No, that's not what Paul is saying. Not saying forget about your wives, but he's saying live as if Jesus is all that matters today. Today is the day to follow Jesus. And by the way, Jesus tells you to love your wife, so love your wife as a service to Jesus today. But don't think, and here's the point Paul's making, don't think, I'm going to enjoy my marriage today, and I'll think about Jesus tomorrow. No, today is the day. The time is short. Today is the day to follow and serve Jesus. The same for those who mourn or who rejoice don't say, today I'm going to mourn, I'm going to rejoice today. Tomorrow I'll figure out how to follow Jesus. No, today is the day. How do you know that you'll have tomorrow? If you're in the business of buying and selling and making deals in the world, don't say, today is the day to focus on my business. Today is about my career, about my job. Tomorrow I'll have time and I'll follow Jesus and serve him then. No, Paul says, live as if the things of this world are passing away, are of secondary value. Jesus is all that matters today. So there's urgency here behind what Paul is saying. If you have the opportunity to adjust your situation in life today, in order to focus your life on following Jesus today, in this world, in all of its distresses, today to be devoted to Jesus, then do it today, Paul is saying. The time is too short to think, I'll get my life sorted out 
with Jesus later. Because I've got something else that's more urgent today. And then in verses 32 through 35, Paul drives home his point. And he uses this word anxious over and over again, or concerned in some translations. What is, what are you anxious about? Or what is your primary concern in life? And Paul observes that those who are married are divided in their concerns. And they ought to be divided in their concerns. Thinking about how they can please their spouse alongside how they can please the Lord Jesus. But the unmarried, Paul observes, they are able to devote themselves entirely, body and soul, to what will please Jesus. And this kind of undivided devotion to Lord Jesus, that is ideal in Paul's book. So again, Paul here, he's talking specifically to the topic of getting married, a betrothed Christian, a single Christian contemplating marriage to someone else. Should you or shouldn't you get married? But Paul's principles have much broader application for what, how should we think? How do we weigh things? When we're in a position to determine, to control our circumstances as Christians, And Paul says, look at the nature of the world around you. What's going on around you? Present distress, troubles, factor those things in. Catch the urgency. Today is the day to devote yourself to following Jesus. And then make the decision that will best allow you to serve and follow the Lord Jesus with undivided devotion. So let me give you a few examples of how this kind of thinking might play out. Paul's got his example here of why you might second guess whether or not you want to get married, but then he's going to turn around and suggest maybe you should get married in our next section. That's part of the confusion of the whole thing. But here's some other, some other examples of how this might play out. Perhaps, perhaps you're nearing retirement and you're wondering, when should I retire? I have the opportunity to make a choice here. Maybe you're at that point where I could retire now. I think financially that would be an okay thing to do. I could keep working more years, maybe a lot more years. So how am I going to choose which circumstance to have in life? Well, this text would say to you, here's the question you ought to be asking. What will allow you to serve the Lord with undivided devotion in this world today. If you choose to continue working for whatever reason, it's not sin. You can honor the Lord through your work. You can be generous with your extra income. You can love your neighbors at work, through your work, and so on. It's not sin. Perhaps, though, you could retire. And perhaps in your retirement, you could devote your time to serving the Lord in new ways, in undivided devotion, extra time to volunteer, to help people in need, to serve in the church, to disciple Christians, and so on. And in this text, at least, Paul would say the time is short. If you've always wanted to do that, maybe you shouldn't count on there being next year to do that. Maybe today is the day to do that. But again, it's not sin one way or the other. Judgment call, what will best allow you to serve the Lord? That's just one example. I've known several Christians who 
have the ability in our world today to choose their work schedule. And sometimes work gives options that includes options like, will I work on Sunday or not work on Sunday? And working on Sunday comes usually with extra income. And there are those Christians who really need the extra income and can't pay their bills without it. And working on Sundays feels like the only option. And here in this judgment would say, well, that's not sin per se, if that is what you have to do. But if you have the option and you can choose, well, which one best allows you to serve and follow the Lord Jesus with undivided devotion in this world today? Well, Jesus commands us to meet together as Christians, to pray together, to be part of the church family. And so I have known, and probably you have known too, Christians through the years who have chosen the lower-paying job. and said, I can, I can swing the pay cut to keep a schedule that will best allow me to follow Christ. I've known Christians, young Christians, family, Christian families who are passionate about sports, but then make the hard decision, I won't join a sports team or league that's going to put me in a position to have to choose in some way to follow Christ or sports. And sometimes that means I'm not going to join the league that requires playing sports on Sunday mornings. Another example, I knew a Christian couple back when we were in Philadelphia and our church family there. This couple, they were probably in their early to mid-50s. Their kids had grown and left the house, and they realized, you know, we could live anywhere we wanted right now. And he, he worked in the city of Philadelphia, so, you know, within the Philadelphia area, they realized we can afford to, if we want to, to sell our home and to buy a home anywhere in the city. And so they decided to sell their home and to move into a neighborhood close to the church, which was kind of a rough neighborhood, but a, a home close to the church. And they intentionally sought out and bought a house where they could host people and youth group events in their home and with a pool in the backyard where they could serve the Lord. Given the choice, and they had the ability to make that kind of choice, that's the choice they made. When you have options, Paul is saying, to determine your circumstances, make the choice that best allows you to be undivided in your devotion to the Lord Jesus right now in the world today. And this takes us to our third and final point, honoring the Lord then in whatever you do. At some point you make your decision and now you just commit yourself, I'm going to honor you, Lord, in the circumstances that I'm in, whether I've chosen them or not. And oftentimes in these situations, there's not a clear cut right or wrong. Like Paul says, it's not sin one way or the other. And sometimes there are more factors that get piled into the decision-making process and in fact, in verse 36, Paul throws in another factor to consider when you're that betrothed person. Do I get married or do I not? Paul said, hey, it's great to not get married because of all those troubles and distresses you're going to avoid. And then in verse 36, Paul says, but hold on a second. If, this is verse 36, if anyone thinks he is not behaving properly toward his betrothed, if his passions are strong and it has to be, then let him do as he wishes. Let them marry. It is no sin. 
Paul says, sure, on the whole, it may be better in this time of distress not to get married so you can serve Jesus with undivided devotion. But now if we're going to complicate this a little bit, and if you're honest with yourself and you're that person with strong sexual passions and temptation is really strong for you, and you know that not getting married as a Christian means abstinence, well, if that's the case for you, then maybe it's better to choose marriage than to try to remain single and end up sinning against the Lord Jesus. Better to get married. That's not sin, all things considered. But on the other hand, now Paul goes back and flip-flops the other side in verse 37. If someone has made a clear decision in their own heart to remain single, their desires are under control, then that is good too. Both are perfectly good decisions. But Paul says for those who can do it in his time, singleness slightly preferred for Paul. Whew, that's a lot to weigh and consider, isn't it? How many times can he go back and forth on the issue? A lot of factors to consider that Paul is trying to throw into the mix there. And then Paul wraps up the chapter in verses 39 through 40 by saying, oh yeah, and let's not forget about the widows too, okay? So widows get a little shout out here at the very end, verses 39 and 40. And basically he's saying the same kind of judgment applies to widows too, in verse 39, a wife is bound to her husband as long as he lives. But if her husband dies, she is free to be married to whom she wishes, only in the Lord. Marriage, Paul's already said this earlier in the chapter, he says it again. Once you're married, it really is until death do you part. You don't have just an open option. Do I stay married or do I not stay married? You're called to faithfulness to your spouse. But if your spouse has died, Paul says, then you're free like this betrothed person to weigh what you will do. Again, better to remain single in Paul's judgment, but if you do get married, that's okay too. Just make sure you get married in the Lord, Paul says. That this person you marry belongs to the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. Whatever you choose, determine to honor him and then put one foot in front of the other and follow the Lord Jesus. Well, that's a lot for us to consider today. If you think, man, that sermon just kind of wandered around in circles. Maybe it did, but I blame the Apostle Paul. Okay, I blame the text. The text kind of wanders around in circles a little bit on us. Okay, so don't blame the preacher. I'm just doing what the text does. You're thinking, no, no, I don't know about that. But a lot to consider today. Specifically, again, about singleness and marriage, whether or not we should get married. But more broadly, as we think about our circumstances in life. And so if you're in hard circumstances today that, where you cannot change them, you feel like a slave to your situation, you're bound, then I hope you take hope today from this text that you can fully serve and honor the Lord Jesus within your circumstances. He knows your situation. He understands. He knows the situation he's put you in in life. He knows what he's calling you to. And you can honor him within the circumstance. And of course, if the day ever comes when you can change the circumstance, by all means, change the situation to be able to better serve and honor him. And so if you're looking at your circumstances in life and saying, I do have the ability to make a change here today, then this text would say, to you, There may not be a right or wrong to your circumstances. There may not be one that's sin and one that's not sin, though there could be. 
But to whatever degree you're able, in your best judgment, determine, decide upon the circumstance, the situation that will best allow you to follow and serve the Lord Jesus with undivided devotion in our world today. And if you need help in sorting out, well, how does that actually work in my circumstance? How do I apply that and weigh these things? Well, that's what we're also here for. That's why God gives us the church and gives us one another to help us think through and weigh those things together. This has been a podcast from Grace Church of Mabton. For more information, visit our website at mabtongbc.org.